Hey, and welcome to episode eight of 52 Founders. I'm your host, Chrissy Costa, and today is a particularly special day as I have the privilege of interviewing Mark Nogger, who helped create Startup Weekend. You may remember that my first interviewee started his company at a Startup Weekend event, and so it's great to come full circle and speak with the person who helped make these events a reality. Mark is such an inspiration to me, and I'm thrilled to share his story with you today. And now it's time to dive into the episode. particularly excited to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, it's, it's funny just because my first interviewer said that he met his co-founder at Startup Weekend. So I think it's it's kind of a meta experience than interview the founder of Startup Weekend when I'm interviewing founders who started at your company. I love it. You know, that's that's probably the biggest success story coming out of Startup Weekend events. You know, the the opportunity to actually roll up your sleeves and work with somebody. It turns out we don't have a lot of places in, you know, our society and culture to let people do that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so to start, can we kind of go over your background for our listeners? So you started Startup Weekend, but what are you doing now? Yeah. So started Startup Weekend. We grew that um, all over the world. I was very fortunate to get to travel. We We also developed Startup Next, a pre-accelerator, Startup Week, kind of a five-day celebration. Um, and then uh, we ended up merging with uh, Startup America and formed Up Global. Up Global was an entity, kind of the umbrella brand, if you will, um, parent company that ended up getting sold to Techstars. <laughs> so I spent about a year on the executive team at Techstars as the chief community officer. Um, and then uh, about Six months ago, got recruited and joined uh, a little startup uh, accelerator program in Telluride, Colorado, which is where I'm sitting right now. So do you like, you know, Telluride is probably the first city that comes to mind when you think startup. So do you like being more of the underdog and being in these more remote areas and creating communities there? Absolutely. You know, I've traveled, again, to a lot of the big cities all over the place and, um, you know, Seven, eight years ago when we got started, startup ecosystems were brand new in those type of places, you know, like big cities all over the world. Nowadays, you know, we're seeing the power of entrepreneurship. Like there is no bounds to, you know, how big your community needs to be or where startup activity can actually live and thrive. Um, So, yeah, I grew up in a tiny little ski town. um, And so it's it's kind of, uh, you know, fortuitous that I ended up helping run a program in a town of about 3,500 people. And I tell you, you'd, you'd be blown away by the startup community that that's, uh, that's existing here. No, I, I don't doubt it, especially with the rise of remote workers and like all the tools we now can use to communicate. Yep, exactly. Um, so I'm mainly going to focus on startup weekend just for now. Um, so how did you originally come up with this idea or, you know, you said it was up global, I'm a little fuzzy. So what made you really want to start a community versus, you know, a traditional product? Yeah. So um, there's a great Genesis story, as with most companies. Um, The original brand for Startup Weekend was actually created by Andrew Hyde. Andrew Hyde is just an amazing person, lives in Boulder, Colorado. Um, And Andrew had this idea and he was kind of the, uh, the, the community manager for Techstars, the very first program in Techstars. And he said, 
hey, let's get let's get all the Techstars teams together for a weekend. Let's all start a company together. Um, maybe inv- invite a few of our friends and see what happens. And they did it. And so, you know, folks like Brad Feld, David Cohen, all the original Techstars founders kind of, and a few Boulder community members went through it. Um, and, uh, you know, that was kind of the genesis of the company Startup Weekend then um, started to take off. The whole idea was um, Startup Weekend would take an equity stake in the resulting companies. Um, and I was a participant at one of the very original events in Seattle. Um, I had uh, been working for a company in like kind of the technical services department for like building manufacturing and engineering <laughs> of all things. And that company went under. I showed up at a startup weekend. I wanted to start my own business. I'd been to business school. I went to the local. We had an SBA and a score office in Seattle. Walked out of those like more confused than anything. Um, but walked into this startup weekend and the light bulb went off. Like, this is how you build a company. It has to do with the people around you. It's not Mm -hmm. about, you know, how much money you've got in the bank, having an investor or having, you know, the right legal help. Um, you know, those are all parts of it, It, but it's more than anything. It's about the community, the people around you and having the right networks and being able to actually execute. So. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I think it's, it's so interesting. I think um, now that I'm in business school, you know, there are the pros and cons of business school if you're in the tech or venture world, but it's more for me, I really feel like it fuels you being around such inspiring, smart people all the time to constantly think about like, oh, I want to create something or hear what other people are doing and you want to get on board. Yep, exactly. Um, but I'm interested particularly in your um, in your childhood and, and your background. So you mentioned that you grew up in a small ski town uh, or mountain town. Where Whereabout was that? Mammoth Lakes in California. And did you have any siblings or do you have any siblings? Uh, no, I'm I'm an only child. I ended up. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had exchange students and people always around around. So I didn't feel like an only child, but uh I will. Oh, wait. Well, I'd love to hear more about that. So what did your parents do that you had um, exchange students or they just, they just signed up for that? They just signed up for it. Um, I'm actually a Swiss citizen as well. My father um, is from Switzerland. That's where most of my family lives. So we ended up having um, one of my cousins come live with us for a couple of years. We ended up having um, two other exchange students from Germany come live with us for a couple of years each as well. Um, and so it was just a nice tie. I always felt like I had some big brothers and sisters. And what do you think that was like, though, meeting such? I mean, I can't imagine being so young and meeting so many people from all over the world and, and not only meeting them, but living with them and learning from them. Um, I imagine that would be a really interesting experience. Definitely. I think, you know, if I can definitely credit my parents, but being able to take a trip and see a little bit of the world when you're young, that's that's just a gift that, you know, so thankful so thankful for did you ever do it at a young age right yeah definitely um i think that that's the the nexus of my podcast series is trying to find out what makes people more inclined to entrepreneurship and learning more about their early experiences um kind of seeing what creates such a curious mind and did you ever Mm -hmm. do a study abroad program yourself i didn't you know i graduated college in three years though and i spent uh um after high school the Three summers after that, I basically worked as hard as I could during the school year, saved up as much money as I could, and went backpacking um, through Europe. So I spent three summers kind of traveling around Europe with a couple friends, and you know, friends, different friends each year, and 
yeah, kind of on my own. It was, it was a, it was a fun experience. So why would you think you just wanted to do that? Um, oh man, it's, you know, <laughs> when you're, when you're kind of, you know, at the peak of your adolescence and you get to go experience all these different cultures and people and realize how big the world actually is and how little you actually know. Um, I think it's just a very humbling thing that gives you the ability to relate to folks and, and understand people and, you know, re- you know, just have a different relationship with the world. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, and so, you know, you're an only child and you're, what did your parents do for a living? Were you, um, yeah. So what did they end up doing? Were they into tech at all or anything like that? Um, not tech at all. My, my, uh, father's been in the ski industry since, uh, he, he grew up, um, ironically, he was an engineer as he started out as well from school. And then, uh, my mom was in insurance and she was a nurse and she's kind of been interior design all over, Oh, you know, random smattering of careers. I always remember my father coming home though and saying, you know, no matter what, Mark, if you can do one thing in your life, like try to work for yourself. That's, it's definitely something that sticks out strong. I I remember hearing that time and time again growing up. Do you think that planted the seeds towards having an you know untraditional path for you or wanting to lead this entrepreneurial life? Definitely. Um definitely one of the seeds, you know, I kind of I asked the same question that you do. What are some of those commonalities that, you know, are are in, encourage or result in people being more inclined to be entrepreneurs? I think that like actually having some a little bit of adversity in, in your adolescence. So my parents um, ended up having a divorce and like Mm -hmm. not super ugly, but it definitely was, you know, coming home and, (laughs) you know, stopping fights and, you know, clothing flying over balconies and um, you know, it wasn't pretty. And, you know, that's a pretty essential time in your life to have to realize and come to terms like, you know, the people, your parents in your life who you've idolized as, you know, superwoman and Superman, like they're just, they're humans too, with real feelings and real mistakes. And, um, you know, I think that's probably the most pivotal thing I look back to and kind of credit to forcing me to, to discover myself and my own independence and, you know, proving that if the path in life that I want to, sow is that's a choice that I'm going to have to make every day. Nobody's going to do it for me. So how old were you at that point? It all, it started when I was 12. So you kind of went in. So did you ever think then to, you know, you're, you're growing up and your dad is a proponent of, you know, this individual lifestyle. Did you ever think like, maybe I won't go down the traditional route and go to college or, or did you view education as a path to like something you had to do to have a successful life? Yeah, education was definitely, it It was never a question for me, which again is a great thing that my family had, you know, kind of done for me. And, but, you know, once I, once I got off, I was in my third or starting my third year of college, I was going to like triple major in a bunch of stuff. And I realized that I was going to have to pay for the rest of my school because <laughs> my parents were, in, you know, at the end of their divorce and broke and um, not able to help as much or really at all. Um, and I said, screw that. I'm just going to graduate early. I got out and started interviewing. I thought, the, you know, the real world was going to kind of present itself to me in a different way. And, you know, that that reality, um, you know, I, I think it, it hits strong. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. I think. Um, so what were the three majors, if I don't mind asking? Um, I ended up, the degree I walked away with was a 
business administration with an emphasis in international, so international business. Um, mm -hmm. And then the second one was going to be accounting and then economics. So after you graduated, you didn't think about starting something on your own. You wanted to go more of the traditional path. I knew I would have to, and I still give this advice to um, like anybody coming out of school. It's go out, get some real world experience, because if you don't know how, you know, big companies actually function and kind of the reality of what most people are, are living their day to day within, um, you know, you're not going to develop the skills and the ability to relate to, you know, how you can serve, serve them as potential customers and partners and everything else. So my advice is always go out, get a handful of years of experience in corporation and know that if you really want to be an entrepreneur, you'll have that opportunity and it'll be, you know, a better opportunity down the road if you, if you do have that experience. I, th I actually totally agree with that. I think, um, you know, you hear things like about the Peter Thiel fellowship and, and I think, you know, I, I personally started my career as at Deloitte and I knew I didn't really love doing it, but I now looking back, don't regret it just from, you know, learning what an enterprise company is like, learning what great management was um, and learning what I kind of didn't want my life to look like ended up leading me to figure out what I did want my life to look like. Exactly. Yeah. And the reality is, right, there's, you know, some people find things that they love because there are great corporations, great enterprises out there. And, um, you know, I think the the harshest thing is that most people never find that perfect fit. So. Mm -hmm. And so growing up, what kind of hobbies were you interested in? You know, either what classes were you interested in or what were you really involved in as a kid? Um, I was, I was outside all the time. <laughs> um, so yeah, anything to do with the outdoors is, is where I spent as much time as I could. And then math, math and science were definitely my subjects. I loved math. Um, yeah. And so, you know, after college, what, you had this idea for startup weekend, like you mentioned before, but what made, what was the tipping point that made you think like, we need to actually do this? Um, you know, when I got involved with Startup Weekend, it was kind of that I, I went through the experience with, you know, a hundred other people. And, um, I had the opportunity to do it a couple more times and like actually lead the event and just seeing the transformation, literal life changing transformation that a two and a half day event had, um, on people's lives, including my own. Um, you know, we knew, we knew we were onto something pretty powerful. Um, and so the thought of being able to take that and spread that around the world was obviously incredibly exciting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, just seeing the companies that come out of it and the sheer number of connections you make, it's, it's really fascinating. Yeah. You uh, know, most people don't realize entrepreneurships, you know, they, they hear about it, they think about it. Um, it kind of fits in this bucket in the side of your mind that, you know, Oh, maybe I'll do it one day. <laughs> But, you know, to actually be able to experience it, some people walk away and they're like, oh, this isn't for me. And that's that's success too. Um, to figure that out, you know, sooner before you go quit your job or anything. Um, but a lot of people realize like, you know, wow, I never knew I was capable of that. Um, I never knew that this was possible. I never knew that this was, it was, it, it kind of ends up demystified. The curtain gets unveiled and dropped and people people see it as a real legitimate path. Right. And I imagine, you know, just 
creating those connections because being a founder is a very lonely road. And, you know, that's why most companies end up having co-founders. And besides the fact that you have an accountability, um, which I think is a very important factor, right? If it was something, it's kind of easy to blow off things you want to do yourself, but having someone Mm -hmm. else ingrained in the process with you, I think makes it, okay, this is real. This is happening. Yeah, no. And, and it's, it's fun. It's scary. (laughs) It's all of the emotions in one, you know, I, I'm the first, to say we need to be careful not to over romanticize uh, (laughs) startups and entrepreneurship um, because it's the hardest decision you can ever have in your life. But, you know, having forums like startup weekend programs, like accelerators where you can actually go test those in a relatively low risk way. um, You know, that's, it's just like learning a sport, right? You have to go out, you can't just watch it on TV and, you know, expect to be an expert. You need to go out, you need to kick the ball with other people <laughs> on a real field to be able to learn. Um, and so that's a little bit the analogy that we try to provide with, you know, in the world of entrepreneurship and startups. Mm-hmm. And now we I talk a lot with founders about the importance of company culture, and maybe it's overhyped in places like the Valley, but when you're creating a community, how how do you actually do that with your culture? Like what was the most important thing do you think it is to to create a community to have like what kind of qualities would you say are needed? Um, oh man, that's so every group of people around different purposes, right? Like it's so different, you know, and I think kind of my cliche answer is it comes down to the values, like understand why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and if everybody's aligned around that, then, you know, the culture kind of manifests itself. So it's it's but you've got to be explicit about it. you've got to be able to put it on paper everybody's got to be able to you know memorize it say it you know be in lockstep on that stuff not just throw it on the wall and think that it means something so what are the values that you have at startup weekend um well we went through a few different phases but you know the original values we have were around in- inclusivity um so you know everybody was welcome no matter who you were how old you were how young we were you know your background, where you came from, like what your skill set is, right? like everybody's welcome. Um, number two is neutrality, um, you know, especially in the world of startups. You know, if anybody tells you that there's 10 ways to start a successful business, it's all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, as we were kind of taking this role of helping people start companies, we wanted to be sure that like, we don't know, you know, this is almost more an art than it is a science. Um and so we're not going to pr- pretend that we know how to do it, but we, we are going to be able to, you know, we know that the community aspect and the experiential side of actually practicing entrepreneurship, that will give you a, a leg up to figure out whatever it is. Um, Definitely. And we, it's such a non-committal time period. You know, if you're doing it things for a weekend, it's more like, why wouldn't you try? Yep. Yep. Uh, exactly. So those are probably the two two strongest values that kind of shaped uh, who we were and, and where we were, we're heading. And I love that. It just makes so much sense from what you said to me about, you know, your parents having exchange students, your house, and you have this theory of inclusivity and, and really just bringing people together. It really sounds like kind of what your parents had that environment growing up of bringing people into your home and, and creating this little family. Definitely. Um, yeah. Being Swiss didn't hurt the neutrality thing, I guess is a strong tie. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, definitely. Actually, I didn't even think of that, but that's that's hilarious. Um, so just, you know, you mentioned that 
you have that entrepreneurial inclination from a kid, but what did you want to be when you grew up when you were younger? I had no idea. Like, <laughs> I, like everybody, it's, it's like everybody asks you who your hero is. Like, I don't remember being like, oh, I definitely want to be this. I remember being interested in a whole lot of stuff. Um, I don't remember having like, you know, and I had like kind of not like people I looked up to, but I'm, I'm kind of like almost same with the, the, the hero question I get all the time. I'm like almost anti superhero in, in terms of, um, you know, idolizing, idolizing people. Why? Because I think, you know, the more I've traveled, the more people I've met, like the more people that inspire me. And it's just so hard to pick any given person. Cause there's so much to learn from everybody that you have an opportunity to build a real relationship with that, you know, I hate this culture of idolizing people and putting them on a pedestal. And, you know, it's, it's kind of weird. Oh, well, then I'm definitely, I was going to ask you my fun questions now, starting with, you know, I usually ask if you could interview one founder, who would it be? But now I don't know if it's the right question for you. You know, like I would go interview somebody in like an entrepreneur from Syria, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, who's doing it in the, you know, working on the grassroots in one of the most like hospitable, con- you know, inhospitable conditions in the imaginable for an entrepreneur. That's probably where I'd go, you know, a, a place like that. Cause I, you'd probably learn the most from whoever that person could be. I love that. I think that's a great answer actually. Um, okay. Then my other question would be, what is your favorite memory from startup weekend? What is something that you're just like, this is why we did this. Um, I have kind of like, like, I don't know. I have so many memories of people like just like gushing their heart out to me <laughs> after going through the experience and thanking me and, you know, about telling me how it changed their family and their life, their relationships. Like, um, and that was really, really fulfilling. I think internally for me, it was just my own entrepreneurial journey. Um, some of my most fond memories, we talked about culture, um, you know, in the early days when we were like that 10 to 15 size, we'd, we'd cram everybody into a couple cars and go like drive and go camping as a team for the weekend and have these little retreats where, you know, it was, it was, it was kind of that, that one quote, um, you know, you have to be cr- just, just crazy enough to think you can change the world. Um, and we were that, you know, tiny little group of people that thought we could, <laughs> Um, and we just had a ton of fun doing it, learning from each other. And yeah, that's, that's just a time in my life. I'll never, I'll never forget. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on my show today. I really appreciate it. Um, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. And especially, like I said, I, I love that, you know, you started a company that other companies I've already interviewed are started on top of. Um, so it's, it's really great to be a part of Absolutely. No, thank you for having me and uh, love what you're doing. Um, So happy to, excited to see some of the future founders. Hopefully there's, uh, and I'm sure inevitably going to be more, more connections. Yeah, hopefully that's the plan. (laughs) And that's it for this week's episode of 52 Founders. Be sure to check out 52founders.com and follow us on Twitter at 52founders to stay up to date. I'm your host, Chrissy Costa, and I'll see you next week for episode nine.